today on Building in Faith with Pastor Ed Jones. Ultimately, the God who created the law, the God who is the sovereign of the universe, we're responsible to him. It doesn't matter that other kings would have said to David, David, we've done that too. You're a king. You can do what you want. It really doesn't matter much what the culture may say. It does matter what God says. Reaching up high with arms open wide, we see you're changing our lives so we can be our heads and feet. Each and every one of us are accountable for the actions we choose throughout our lives. Accountable to parents, accountable to friends, and even accountable to the laws of the land. But who are we ultimately accountable to? In today's message, Pastor Ed reflects on perhaps some of the most theologically accurate words spoken by King David. In our study, we learn that whenever we transgress against others, it's God and God alone that we've ultimately sinned against. Now here's Pastor Ed with today's message entitled, The Road to Recovery. must let God fine-tune our conscience. I like the words that were written, conscience is like a sundial. When the truth of God shines upon it, it points the right way. God, speak. Don't silence his conscience Don't silence your conscience. Don't run from the still, small voice that points out the way that God has for us. What happens is God is like the hound of heaven. He just doesn't let us go and run our own way. The most happy person in the world is a believer who has silenced his conscience and is living and going in the wrong direction, they can't be happy. That's what's happening in David's life. Uh, Now, God is going to try and speak to him first in his heart. God is going to try and speak first in his soul. But David's not listening. So David chooses a friend. God chooses a friend. His name was Nathan. He was a prophet. He had given... David, words before, words of great encouragement, words that strengthened David, encouraged David. When he said, David, God's going to build you a house. You wanted to build him a house, but God's plan is to build you a house, a lasting dynasty. Nathan was a gift from God to keep the king on the right path. Now, God had given the first king a gift like that. His name was Saul. He had given him Samuel. Samuel was that 
Voice of God to the prophet Saul. But Saul, when confronted with his sins, made excuses. Oh, it was the people. I've really kept the commands of the Lord. Finally, when he was pushed in the corner, Saul said what David said. He said, I have sinned. But tagged along that, when Saul said, I've sinned, he said, oh, honor me before the people. See, it was just about appearances. But for David, when he said, I sinned, it was his heart responding to God's voice, to conviction. It was a broken and a contrite heart. Let me ask you a personal question. When God wants to get through to you, when you're going in the wrong direction, when you've made decisions that have repercussions that are going to just come back on your life with disaster, who will God use that you will listen to? See, there's a big difference between being a truth teller. Oh, that's easy. It's easy for us to see the faults and failures in others. Uh, We can spot it a mile away. We could see it in our brother and sister, and we could name it one by one. But when it comes to seeing our own sin, well, it's much more difficult. That's hard. It's easy to be a truth teller. It's much harder to be a truth receiver. Who can God use in your life? Who have you given permission to, to come into you and say, you've sinned, you've failed, you're on the wrong track. David opened his heart to Nathan. Saul closed his heart to the gift of Samuel the prophet. Would to God that he would speak to us in our prayer room. Would to God when we come before him in prayer and the spirit just comes into that room where you're praying, we would have a sensitivity to say, speak, Lord, your servant is listen, listening. And we might say, oh, Lord, I'm the man. It's not my brother. It's not my sister. It's me, O oh Lord, standing in the need of prayer. Would to God that our hearts would be like that. That he wouldn't have to send the Nathans, but sometimes he does. But when he does, do we say, Lord, here I am. That con- confrontation. I want to ask you a question. Why? Why? As Christians, we know we're sinful. Why then is it so painful to be confronted with a specific sin? Answer that question in your own heart. What did David do? David confessed. He didn't hide it. He didn't bury it. He didn't take the axe and chop Nathan's head off. No, he listened. In in verse 13, you see this confession. Then David said to Nathan, 
I have sinned against the Lord. Now, now, there's a lot of things that we'd like to claim for ourselves. A lot more credit than we ever deserve, but that's one of the things we like to claim. But we don't like to claim our problems. Listen to David's words in the psalm he wrote shortly after, confronted by Nathan the prophet. Have mercy on me, O God, according to your unfailing love, according to your great compassion. Blot out my transgressions. Wash away my iniquity. Cleanse me from my sin. Notice, my, my. He's acknowledging it's not my the fault of that beautiful seductress Bathsheba. Oh God, I was so tired and weary from fighting all the battles. And I just stumbled in. No. He recognizes the sinfulness for what it is. I like the message translation of verses 3 to 5 in Psalm 51. David says, I know how bad I've been. My sins are staring me down. You're the one I violated. You've seen it all. Seen the full extent of my evil. You have all the facts before you. Whatever you decide about me is fair. I've been out of step with you for a long time. In the wrong since I was born. Notice that David says, I've sinned against you, Lord. See, all sin ultimately is against God. He's the lawgiver. He's the sovereign. He makes up the rules. We're accountable to him. Yes, we sin against one another. But ultimately, the God who created the law, the God who is the sovereign of the universe, we're responsible to him. It doesn't matter that other kings would have said to David, David, we've done that too. You're a king. You can do what you want. It really doesn't matter much what the culture may say. It does matter what God says. And David at that moment is going to confess his sins to God. Uh, Confession is, is... taking and being specific before God. In confession, we open our lives to healing, reconciling, restoring, uplifting grace of God who loves us in spite of what we are. God loves us because who he is, because who he is. Watch the cleansing. Now, David's going to cry out because Sin, it gets into our being, it gets into our bones, it gets into our psyche. And so David, realizing how deep sin affects us, in 2 Samuel 12, 13, he said, I've sinned against the Lord, and the Lord has taken away your sin. You're not going to die, David. David confessed, and God mitigated, lessened. The results of his sowing of sin. See, God will do that. Uh, God will do that in our life. And God did that in David's life. He's going to cleanse him. He's going to take away his sin. He should have died, but he doesn't. And here's what's going to happen. You see David saying to God, God, in Psalm 51 again, he says, blot out. 
cancel that record out. And then he says, wash away and then cleanse me. The idea of cleansing is a, a leprosy. He says, Lord, get that leprosy of sin that's spreading throughout my soul. Get it out. Psalm 32 is another psalm that he wrote after Psalm 51 in this period of time. Listen to what David says. Oh, what joy for those whose disobedience is forgiven, whose sin is put out of sight. Yes, what joy for those whose record the Lord is cleared of guilt, whose lives are lived in complete honesty. That's what David does. That's what he does. He goes before God. God cleanses him, and he knows the guilt is washed away. He knows the sin is cleansed. He knows he's been forgiven. But it doesn't mean that all the consequences are eradicated because there are consequences to sin. You set in motion a chain of events, and that's what's happening in David's life. In Psalm 99, verse 8, it says, O Lord our God, you answered them. Speaking of the Jewish people, the Israelites, you were a forgiving God to them, but you punished them when they went wrong. God loves us too much to let us get away with our sins. He disciplines. He speaks to our hearts. And the psalmist recognizes that. He says, God, you forgive us. You're merciful to us. But we don't get away with things. Nathan came and told him that story. Nathan, a master preacher and storyteller, wants to capture David's mind and attention and when he goes in to confront him he just doesn't go right in and confront him he he tells him a story we all like to hear stories and he tells him a story about sheep he likes sheep he was a shepherd so Nathan comes in and says there's a rich man he's wealthy he has herds and herds and herds I mean he's just really wealthy he doesn't spend a lot of time on that but he talks about a poor man And David understood what it meant to be poor. David understood what it meant to be oppressed. And so he said, there's a poor man. He had a sheep, a lamb. It was like part of the family. Many of you have had pets like that, right? I mean, just like part of the family. And that lamb grew up with the family. It was their one treasured possession. And one day, the visitor, uh, there was a guest who came to the rich man's house. And the rich man said, you know, we're going to have a big meal. You know my neighbor down the block with that one lamb? Go get his lamb. And they took that little lamb and slayed it, killed it, and they had it for dinner. And David said, man, that wasn't merciful. What's wrong with that guy? And he was angry. Do you ever get angry at other people? I mean, it's easy for us. We could get angry at their sins. Look at the sins that they're doing. Look what they're doing. Oh, man, that gets our blood going. You know, it gets hot. Well, that's where David was. And he said, that man's going to pay four times. Four times. Watch what happens. The judgment he received. It says, now, therefore, the sword will never depart from your house. David, you killed Uriah by a sword. Not your sword, but the Ammonites. 
David, you took the wife of another man. David, calamity is going to follow you all the days of your life. And your wives are going to be raped by someone. You did it in secret. It's going to happen in broad daylight. Now, let's stop. Just pause. I want to give you the setting of it. What God was saying through Nathan the prophet to David is this. David, you set in motion a chain of events that are going to have repercussions down through the years. You set in motion a series of actions. Your sons are going to look at you and not respect you. In fact, your son Ammon, Ammon takes his sister and he rapes her. Tamar, she's a beautiful woman. Like Bathsheba was a beautiful woman. And Ammon rapes Tamar. Absalom's furious and plans to get back and kills Ammon. Murder in his own house. Rape in his own house. Absalom rebels against him and wants to take the kingship from him. And he has chases David out of the city. David runs. And then Absalom takes David's wives and commits, rapes them publicly. What turmoil is filled. David said, that man's going to be judged four times. And you think about the judgments that came on David's life. David lost that child by Bathsheba. He died. Maybe three months old. She's grieving. She's guilty. He's guilty. Then Ammon rapes his daughter. And Absalom winds up killing him. And then Absalom rebels. One problem after another, after another. He pronounced judgment and it came to his own door. But I want you to see something. Something that Longfellow long ago said. Wise words. He said, no action with her foul or fair is ever done, but it leaves somewhere a record written by fingers ghostly as a blessing or a curse and mostly in the greater weakness or greater strength of the acts which follow it. Can you imagine how David felt when he looked at Ammon? His own son. You know, someone has said, we don't see our sins clearly until we see them in our own children. Sort of a wake up. And suddenly David is waking up But the gracious thing about God is that when we repent, he mingles grace with judgment. Thank God that he does that. If God had not, David would have been stoned. He would have been dead. He would have been in the grave. If God didn't, none of us would be here this morning. God mingles grace with judgment. Our next point, it says, David went and he comforted Bathsheba after she lost the child. And guess what? 
God's going to bless Bathsheba with three more sons. And one of the sons, this next one, is Solomon. And God says, I love Solomon. God, at the end of the chapter, is going to give him victory over the Ammonites in a battle. See, God responds to the broken and the contrite heart. But it doesn't necessarily mean that all the consequences are eradicated. There are consequences to sin. There are greater consequences if we don't come and confess our sin to him. Isn't this true? This is from the message. He doesn't treat us as our sins deserve, nor pay us back in full for our wrongs. How merciful God is. We have to keep short accounts with him. We have to walk that walk carefully and walk in the light as Christ is in the light, as John the Apostle says. That road to recovery involves when the Spirit convicts you, don't bury it. Let that still, small voice speak to you. When God confronts you, Oh, have a brother or sister. Have some friends that could speak truth into your life. Don't be just a truth teller. Be a truth receiver. And when confronted, bow your knee in your heart, confessing your sins to God, not putting them off on someone else, but take the blame and acknowledge your sins. And you'll experience that cleansing David wasn't bitter about the consequences. Now, it didn't mean every... He had about 20 years left of life. He lived. He was about 50. He would die at 70 years old. didn't mean every year was lived under the shadow of his consequences. But through those years, things happened. That he was reminded of his disobedience. And he took refuge again and again in the Lord. Oscar Wilde was... um, A brilliant mind. He earned the highest academic honors at Oxford University. He was an incredible writer. He had one of the highest rewards in literature. Uh, He was personable, but he got caught up in his passions. And he was placed in prison. And in prison, he wrote this. Let me read to you what he stated. He said, the gods have given me almost everything, but I let myself be lured into long spells of senseless and sensual ease. Tired of being on the heights, I deliberately went into the depths in search of a new sensation. I grew careless of the lives of others. I took pleasure where it pleases me. I forgot that every little action of the common day makes or unmakes character in that therefore what one has done in the secret chamber, one has someday to cry aloud from the housetop, and I have ended in horrible disgrace. Years later, he was released from prison. And if these words that he writes reflects a hard experience, I think he was a brother. But this is what he wrote. He said, ah, happy they whose heart can break in pieces 
How else may a man make straight his path and cleanse his soul from sin? How else but through a broken heart may the Lord enter in? David said, a broken and a contrite heart God will not despise. We're so glad you joined us today for another edition of Building in Faith as Dr. Ed Jones teaches more from the incredible life of David. We hope that you've been encouraged by today's message and that you desire to seek God's will for your own life. Following God is an adventure and definitely goes against the grain of the world, but it's filled with the freedom that grace provides and blessings beyond compare. Would you like to know more about having a relationship with God? We'd love to tell you more. Please give us a call at 845-462-5955 and let us share how Jesus has changed our lives. If you'd like to learn more about the Building in Faith radio ministry or to hear more messages from Pastor Ed, visit our website at buildinginfaithradio.com. There you'll also find more information about Pastor Ed and the activities for your family at Faith Assembly. Our church has weekly services on Sundays at 9 a.m. and 11 a.m. and again on Wednesdays at 7 p.m. We would be honored to have you join us if you're in the Poughkeepsie area. Each service is spent in fellowship with other believers, learning more about our Savior, and praising Him for all that He has done for us. Give us a call for more information. Our number again is 845-462-5955. We hope today's message has blessed you, and that no matter what is happening in your life right now, you're turning to Jesus for the love and guidance you need. Please join us next time on Building in Faith Radio as Pastor Ed dives deeper into the life of David. Your word restores and